Come on, somebody. Now, one of the cool things that's been going on in our life recently is that we have a brand new addition to our family. If you haven't met her yet, she's an Avenue Avenue Kids. I'm just kidding. She's a, she's a brand new Avenue Kids member. Isla Gray is going to be on Thursday. She's going to be three months old. Three months old. Oh my goodness. We are just so incredibly in love with her. Um, there's like so many little things to do. She's starting to coo at us. She's getting so big. She's ahead of her clothes in size. It's, it's just strange to us. We're like, this little human is growing and we just love her so much. And we're, we're getting to know so many new things about her. And it's so interesting getting to understand each other through the process of this, um, this new experience as well too. And we're just so grateful. Um, you know, it's funny. I have a Talk to, we're, we have the wonderful pleasure of knowing many of you um, on a personal basis, and we're so grateful for our church family. You guys warned us, there's no sleep. It doesn't happen. And if you know anything about me, my typical personality type is that like, I will zone in on something. I will not sleep for like two days just to get like a task done, just to meet a deadline, just to make sure something's finished. Not just finished, but it's finished right. And for me, I was like, I got this. I got this, right? We got this. I'm just going to... I don't need to sleep. I'm, I'm fine. The baby won't sleep. I won't sleep. It'll be fine. We'll figure this out. It really a rude awakening because the thing about not sleeping for two days and just to get work done, you, you always have the third day, the third day. The third day is like rest and recover and rejuvenate. And you know, you just go to sleep and you wake up and you feel all sparkly inside when you wake up, something like that. Um, but the difference between this two day and then you rest and having a newborn, I mean, when we first brought her home, it's like constant state of tired. It's like a constant state of, oh, goodness gracious. What am I going to do? How can I get some rest? How can I squeeze an extra little nap or something? And it doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't always work out. And I can remember, um, especially now, I'm so thankful. She is like, speaking of developmental stages, and I know it comes in like month to month to month, but she is literally sleeping through the night right now. And we are just having the greatest time. We're just having the greatest time with her. But... Thank goodness she's sleeping through the night because earlier <laughs> in our early stages, we first brought her home a couple weeks after we brought her home for the hospital. She would go through these patterns where she would literally sleep for 30 minutes at a time. Every 30 minutes, she would wake up screaming her head off, yelling at us. We're like, oh my goodness, what do we do? Do we hug you? Do we feed you? Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you itchy? What's going on? What's going on, baby? And so we'd be so confused because we're trying to figure this parenthood thing out. And with that, I mean, Alita and I have a great bond together. I mean, we, we work well together. We respect each other. <laughs> but man, can I tell you that that is challenged when you don't sleep for like three, four or five weeks? Can I tell you that that is so, I can tell you what, our, our, not only was our patience tested, our marriage was tested, our problem-solving skills were tested, our mental aptitude was tested. We were just tested all over the place, but we did it. We did it and we're doing it. We're still doing it. And uh, man, I'm just so, uh, so grateful. I'm so grateful for um, the opportunity to be here today. Um, as you know, that we've been talking about um, on earth as it is in heaven. What a powerful series. I've really enjoyed going back and watching um, each and every one to kind of soak it in, kind of see what else I can pull out of the message. And I really hope that you guys do the same as well too, um, that you can visit us on avenuechurch.cc. You can go to our YouTube page and you can catch up with any of the messages you have missed. Again, if it's your first time, we're so glad that you're here. Check us out online, catch up on the messages. It's really been a powerful series and we don't want you to miss out. Um, I'm so grateful, uh, but 
something about like this, the context of, of this, uh, this verse for me that we've been going through, been working through the Lord's Prayer. We've also been working through the context of a, uh, of a thought that Pastor Jeremy has been teaching us. Are we asking God to bring heaven, bring heaven to earth or that we would only make it into heaven? Are we asking God to bring heaven to earth or that we'd only make it into heaven? And for me, this is a powerful thought as we navigate the Lord's Prayer, we're really looking at a lot of practical, um, practical steps from Jesus on how to navigate prayer. We're confused how to pray. We don't know what to pray. The strategy to pray, the pattern to pray, as Pastor Jeremy talked about last week, it's been really interesting to dive into the step-by-step of what Jesus actually means when we look past the context, look through the context and the lens of what he's explaining each step. It goes like this, pray then like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Father God, I'm just so thankful that you're a great, great father. I'm thankful for the plans that you have for us, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you're creator of things that are seen and unseen that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, our rock, our shepherd, our healer, our redeemer, our protection. Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Your will be done. Pastor Jeremy, um, this wonderful message here, uh, definitely at home for me as, as a more strategic person, I can, I can think of my will be done first, but there's, there's something that, that comes with the freedom of relenting to God and saying, not my will, but your will be done. Not my plans, but your plans, Father God. What you have to say is best always. Not my will, but your will be done. And your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, says the next verse, and lead us not to temptation, and forgive our debtors, come on somebody, and I, <laughs> New King James Version there, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is where we're gonna park today, family. We're gonna park at temptation. We're gonna park at temptation. Another version of this says, let us not yield to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. You know, as I was beginning to study this uh, context of, of, of the use of temptation, I began to uncover um, the original usage of the context, and that is that temptations are actually only tests. They're only tests. Ooh, my clicker's working again. So <laughs> temptations are only tests, and this is brought out in the, in the Greek word bakon, to test or to generally, to try generally or figuratively. This is actually also where we get the word temper from. Temper, to improve the hardness and the elasticity of steel or other metals by reheating it and then cooling it. By reheating it and then cooling it. I think so, time, so many times we can have this very broad thought of temptation, like it's gonna happen one day, like the enemy is gonna come around the corner one day and he's waiting to plot my downfall. But really, I want us to kind of reframe the thought of temptation today, reframe it into the original context that is not necessarily um, a topic of seduction or maybe come on enjoying your favorite food or not enjoying your favorite food. It is really a talk about testing, testing. It's only a test. It's only a test. When we were in the middle of the night, 
you know, sassy with each other, frustrated, figuring it out early parenthood. Really, it boiled down to it only being a test. It was a test of our strength as a couple. It was a test of our marriage. It was a test of our values. In this test, I have to tell you, it only made us stronger, but we had to go through the test for it to do the work that God intended it for it to do. So I have to tell you something. I just want to completely reframe this for you. Temptation isn't always negative. It isn't always negative. It isn't always these big grandiose attacks on your faith, on your belief in God. No, it's so much more than that. It is so much more about, it, is, it isn't just about your faith in him. It's about his faith in you. It's his faith in you. Can I tell you today that the temptations that we feel, I don't know what you walked in feeling today. I don't know what you walked in carrying today. I don't know what, you, what your circumstances look like before you came into our doors today. But can I tell you, we have a good, good father. We have a good, good father. He's got plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope for a future. And can I tell you, he believes in you. So when we think about these thoughts of temptations and you know, uh, we have these negative connotations around it, can I tell you, he allows it. He's not the root of the thought of sin for us. It's not something he's capable of doing, but he will allow it because he believes in us. He believes in us. He believes that we can overcome the test, the test. Temptations in life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Come on, when you're at the Cheesecake Factory and you're just full, you just finish eating everything that you need to eat and the, and the waiter comes over and he's like, would you be interested in the dessert? Of, co of, co of course, of course I'm interested in the cheesecake. I came to the Cheesecake Factory. I want the cheesecake. But you have restraint because God gave you the mind to say no and the legs to get up and walk out. Wait, please pay for your check first. Do not walk out of there without paying for your meal. I'm not saying to do that. You're not online watching me later saying, they said I can leave, dine and dash. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm telling you that you have the ability to make your decisions. You have the ability to say no. If temptations aren't as, as dark as we think they are, and they're really just tests, then it really just boils down to decisions, to decisions. And I wanna encourage you today. I wanna to come at this as, as life-giving as I can. And as I was studying this week, I was like, Lord, show to me, reveal to me how I can help communicate this in a life-giving way. Because I feel like so many times we think of temptation, we're used to getting punished. This thought of that God is always out to get us. Like he's like, oh, he's just an angry father and he's waiting to slap our hands. That is not the case. He's not waiting for us to stumble and fall. He's never waiting for us to stumble and fall. He's looking for the best in us and he allows these tests and temptations because he believes the best in us. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. You know, I have had um, just a wonderful opportunity over the uh, past couple of years to uh, watch Alita partake in nursing school. I'm so proud of you. I have to tell you, now when we entered in, it's been, been about two and a half years now. We entered in, she's going from being a hairstylist to wanting to pursue this brand new role, this brand new career path. And that can be intimidating. 
And we walked in and I uh, attended her orientation with her. And as they were going through introducing everybody, hey, this is me, hey, this is me. A lot of them had experience in the field already. A lot of them had two years experience, three years experience. They knew the language, the lingo. They had context for what they were applying for because they've been in it. They've been working around jobs that are similar to it and they can effectively operate in these positions. So for my wife, who is just wonderful, she's got a great memory. She's got a wonderful memory and she is so strong-willed, but it could feel defeating walk into a room where you have no experience. You could be frustrated and frustrated. Can I tell you, I was so grateful that God had good plans for us. I was so grateful that he has plans to prosper us because in our darkest hour and when it was hard, when it was difficult, we didn't feel qualified. We were brought back to the uh, January 2019 where we had the opportunity to uh, partake in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. This was a wonderful uh, opportunity for us. It was one of the first full prayer and fastings that we had done, 21 full days of just recentering on what the plan Jesus had for us. Now, I was in the middle of deciding whether um, I was called to ministry or letting God direct me in my path in that. And Alita had the opportunity to go back to school. She had the opportunity to pursue nursing school, something that she had always in the back of her mind wanting to do, wanted to do, but never really felt confident in her studious abilities, never really felt confident in herself to do so. And what we were able to do is we, uh, we celebrated. We had a wonderful worship night at the end of the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And through a lot of prayer, we were very private about what exactly we were fasting for, what exactly we were praying for, because we wanted God to speak to us. And on this last day, we had a pastor come up to us and say, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Sure, absolutely. We'd love to. We're definitely burdened. We definitely had a lot in our heart and a lot of our mind. It felt like the last ditch effort to, Lord, what did you want from this? What do you want to show us? pastor said, God can't bless the steps that you don't take. God can't bless the steps that you don't take. And so for us, this was a ruminating thought for us. We were said, this is exactly what we needed to hear. Let's do it. And God, because your plan was that she was going to go to nursing school, no matter how difficult it got, no matter how frustrating it got, no matter underqualified she had felt at times, day by day, quiz by quiz, Test by test, semester by semester, class by class, she proved herself. She proved to herself that she could do it, that she could do it. God has good plans for us, plans to prosper us, plans to give us a hope and a future. And this isn't just true for our lives. This is true for your lives as well, too. No matter the situation that you walked in here with, no matter with the frustration or the burden, the doubt, the envy, the fear, the various temptations that we can deal with, the various tests and thought processes that we can walk in with. God wants to give you freedom. Freedom in these. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Can I tell you, it's not only that he believes in you, but he understands the plans he has for you. And because he understands the plans for you, he knows the tests that it will take to get you there. He knows the test that it will take to get you there. He knows what you need to go through because he knows what you need to go grow through. So often I feel like we can avoid, we can avoid the testing. We can avoid the process. God wants to temper us. 
He wants to make us stronger, stronger in our faith, stronger in who we are, stronger in who he's called us to be. But we have to be put through the process. And we know if he allows it, if he brought us to it, he will bring us through it. Because he'll bring us through it, he'll be faithful. He will be just. That he who began a good work in me will be faithful to see it through. And so as we navigated a different situation, and it's been a long two years, we remained in prayer. We said, God, this is your plan, and we trust you. This is your plan, and we trust you. And time and time again, he has been faithful, and he has been just. He knows the plans he has for us. But the thing about it is he knows the plans he has for us, but it's the testing that prepares us to do it. It's the test. We can't rob ourselves of the test. We can't rob ourselves of the opportunity. God could have just snapped his almighty fingers and all the nursing knowledge would be in our head. Could have been that easy. But we'd been robbed of the opportunity where she was comparing, that comparison turned to confidence. Where she was doubtful, that turned into confidence, belief, strengthening her faith through what she was going to. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. I'm so proud of you for doing that. I'm gonna give you honor, give you a hand clap. I love you. You're awesome. We can't yield to temptation. We cannot yield to the temptation. We can't avoid the plans that he has for us. We can choose to, but we can rob ourselves of the opportunity that he has to develop us. When we deal with temptations, when we think about this large dichotomy of temptations, I want us to redirect to the fact that if it's allowed, it's because he believes that we can make it through. If he believes that we can make it through. But the other thing is, is not only does God plans, have plans to prosper us, but the enemy has plans to destroy us. Plans to destroy us that there is a very real and tangible enemy out there that he comes to seek, to kill, and to destroy. We learned a couple series ago, I love the series Distracted. If you haven't had a chance to enjoy it, I recommend doing so. I'm gonna plug our YouTube a lot because I enjoy it. But um, I recommend you going back and checking it out. But he comes, enemy comes to steal, to kill, destroy, and to distract, to distract. But I have to tell you, not all the times is it this big abstract, the devil made me do it. Not all is a big abstract, you know, the God is allow it, so I'm going to go through it. And that's amazing. But I have to tell you, it's more than that. It's not this long-term sabotage that the enemy has for us. And it's not always these long-term goals that God has for us. Last week, we learned that daily we need forgiveness and daily there will always be someone to forgive. What a powerful message. Daily, we need forgiveness, and daily, there will always be someone to give. Forgive us our debtors, we forgive those. Forgive us our debts, we forgive those who have debts against us. Can I encourage you that daily we need forgiveness, and daily, there will always be someone to forgive, but this is very true for temptations as well, for tests. That daily, daily, there will be tests, and daily, there will be trials. Daily, God is going to pursue you, intimately, to know you, to connect with you, to go after you. Come on, the creator of the universe, the creator of that, all that is seen and unseen. He knows the intricacies of the universe, the wonders of the world. He created them all with his hands and he wants to know you. 
and he has good plans for you. The thief comes to kill, destroy, and I have come that they may have life and life to the fullest. Life to the fullest. There's always a contrast between what the enemy wants to do and what God wants to do. What the enemy wants to do and what God wants to do. And so often we can get distracted in these long-term abstracts of temptation. We, we don't ruminate on what individually right in front of us that we have planned that God wants us to make a decision about. See, we can perceive it, but the test, come for, the test from God is meant to build you up, but a, ten, a test from the enemy is meant to tear you down. And this can be so, of course, that makes sense. Yes, it makes total sense. But often in our day-to-day lives, we can, we can forget this. We can get frustrated with our emotions. We get frustrated with the way that our thinking processes. We can, we can be frustrated. We can be doing everything right. We could feel like we we're doing everything right. And still, I'm dealing with this. I'm struggling with this. Why me? Why now? God's trying to do something in you so we can do something through you. We can see that all throughout the Bible. I love the story of Joseph. Joseph was my boy. Joseph was doing all the right things in all the right places and all the right times. Joseph was saying, you know what? My circumstances are crazy, but Lord, what are you gonna do in me so that you can do it through me in this situation? Where can your light shine? What can I do? What can I do, Lord? Now, Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife. He was doing all the right things. And I have to say, I have to like very slightly interject this. If you are dating, if you are seeking to date, can I encourage you that the most attractive that you will ever be is in your wholehearted pursuit after Jesus? Can I encourage you that? Sometimes we think that if I could just, I just gotta focus on them, I gotta know them, I gotta meet them, I gotta do them. You will be the most attractive when you pursue who God has individually called you to be. And who knows who you might bump into along that way. I have to tell you, but in this case, Joseph, who was doing all the right things, caught all the wrong eyes, and he was tempted by Potiphar's wife. See, temptations can come from not only from God and tests from God and temptations from the enemy, but they can come from others. They can come from others. Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife. Job was tempted by the enemy. He was allowed, the enemy was allowed by God to test Job, to to test his grit, to test his faith. And in this process, we see a wonderful story of a man who stood firm in who he was and firm in his belief. And he was tested and he was found to be true. He was found to be true. This story is wonderful to me because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different perspectives. In this story, Job is also tempted by his friends, by his surroundings. In Avenue Church, we, we really stand by the importance of connecting you with your people, your place, and your purpose. We believe that if you get connected with the right people in the right place, that you can flourish and you can grow. And if you find yourself with a group of friends like Job's friends, questioning him, what did you do wrong? How did you make God mad? What'd you do to him? What'd you do wrong? And Job's like, I believe God is gonna see me through this. Small groups are so important because they can offer the same support that Job got with his one good friend. 
and with God, uh, seeing him through with the intentions that God had for him in this situation. So the enemy did not prevail in this. And also, Jesus was tempted by the enemy. Jesus was tempted by the enemy. Um, as Jesus was getting ready to prepare for his earthly ministry, he spent 40 days in the wilderness alone. 40 days in the wilderness alone. Didn't eat, but he sat there and he was alone and the enemy came after him. And he said, I can make all this go away. Can't you turn that stone into bread so you can eat it? Aren't you Jesus? Aren't you the son of God? Can't you do this? He was also tempted with his pride. He said, everything I have, I can give to you if you'd only bow down to me. So the temptation where the enemy used this temptation to destroy Jesus, to prevent him from going into his earthly ministry, to prevent him from being the person that we know him to be today, fulfilling his entire purpose, sacrificing himself on the cross to die for our sins so that we can live free in salvation for eternity, would have never been done, would have never happened if he would have succumbed to the test, succumb to the test. We can't succumb to the test. And sometimes the, these, these temptations can come from others. They can come from allowances by God. They can come from the enemy, but they can also come from us. They can also come from us. The enemy doesn't have to tempt us if we do it for him, if we do it for him. Did you know how incredibly wonderful your mind is? Do you know how intricately you were knit in your mother's womb? Do you know how the, the incredible facets of what make up your mind and your brain and what happens when you make a decision or you think a process, even when you drive home? Did you know, I don't know if you, uh, if you do this, but uh, I, have a th I have my thumb when I, you know, when I open up my phone, it automatically goes right to YouTube. I, I, can, I can even like, it just automatically does it. I can do it subconsciously. I'm not even thinking about it, but I'm like, whoop, YouTube. YouTube, what's up, YouTube? Sometimes it's Instagram, sometimes it's Facebook. Most of the time it's YouTube. But we can have this brain that makes connections for us. And well, that can be a good thing, like your favorite recipe. Come on, you know what your favorite recipe is, how to cook it, what it takes, how much pasta you need, what kind of ingredients you need. You know how to get it done. And sometimes... This happens when we're driving home. So many times I can find myself zoning out. I can be driving, focusing on other things, and all of a sudden I park. I'm like, oh, how did I get home? I'm in my driveway already, and I didn't even realize that I, I'm like, did I pass any red lights? Did I hit anybody on the way home? What am I doing? How did I get here? And so often this, what did I get here attitude can come from not really negative place, but your brain doing something beautiful, doing beautiful, beautiful work. You're beautifully and you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. You're we're fearfully and wonderfully made. God made your mind so incredibly complex and it's beautiful. Your brain will literally try at its optimum peak to make connections from A to B as fast as humanly possible, almost like a supercomputer. So these, these tendencies to make decisions without even um, knowing it can become common to us. And these are fantastic things. It's a fantastic process to have when it's used the right way. But it can also attribute to negative thinking, negative perceptions of others. It can, att it could, it could, it could attest to false views of temptations and, and how you process life skills. And we don't even think about it. We've already made the connection in our mind. 
And as I was thinking about that this week, I was, uh, I was started thinking about the bracelets that, that Jesus, you know, the WWJD bracelets. Anybody have those, the WWJD? They have little silicone bracelets, little snappy bracelets and everything like that. I love those bracelets. Um, but what was important to me as I was studying that, I was like, oh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's awesome. In my mind, it's not about just what Jesus did, but it's what did Jesus think? WWJT. I don't, also, I don't just want to know what he did, but I want to know why he thought the way he thought, why he did what he did. And in our minds, these A-B connections that we make, they can manifest in what we call temptation reactions or action reactions, that you have this external factor that plays a part in your stimuli, and all of a sudden you react to it without even perceiving it. Someone talks to you a certain way with a certain tone. Someone says something derogatory to you. Someone lies to you. you. Don't necessarily trust that person. Somebody walks in the room that you don't necessarily like. Your mind can go to this instant connection for them. And this can be very, very unhealthy. When we think about temptations, we think about these testing opportunities because not only, not only is it an opportunity, a test is an opportunity to be put to the test, put your faith to the test, but it's an opportunity to become more like Jesus. It's an opportunity to not only think like Jesus, but be like Jesus. And in this temptation reaction, I have to tell you, so often our minds go here to here, here to here, and if you can find yourself making these decisions pretty frequently, I have to encourage you today that you're not alone. You're not alone, alone in your thinking, but I encourage you that there's a place that, in these action reactions and these the mindsets we have, I actually took some time to study this week in the, uh, the personality test, and I thought it was super interesting. But the unfortunate thing about these, some of these personality tests is I, I was like, where's Jesus in it? If, if my typical perspective is to be cynical or frustrated or overthinking, I can tend to, I have a, kind of have a tendency to lean on those and justify them as right. But the truth is, we don't incorporate Jesus into the mix when we do these things. And with our mindsets, when they're solidified, when they're, our paradigms are solidified, when we have negative patterns of thought and negative ways of thinking, these temptations and reaction responses, we often put Jesus right here off screen because we ask him to cover the actions that we already make. We ask him to come in after the fact and say, Lord, this is the way I think. This is just how I perceive people. This is the way I operate. Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Can I encourage you today that Jesus doesn't want to be here in your thought process, that he is a God of your yesterdays, tomorrows, and todays, and todays. He doesn't want to be on this end and just this end. He wants to be right here in the middle in the middle. He wants to be in the middle of your actions. He wants to be in the middle of your thought process. He wants to be in the middle of it. He loves you. He has plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope for a future. And so often we can get caught up in these action-reaction mindsets. Maybe it's things like politics that will trigger these things for you. Maybe it's a um, family reunion that'll trigger these things for you. Maybe it's people outside of your social circle. And I can, I can tell you today that if we were to love people and act like Jesus acted, then we need to begin to think like Jesus thinks. Think like Jesus thinks. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will is good. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will for you. And as I was studying this week, I I thought, what could be a practical application between, between understanding that Jesus believes in me, that God believes in me, that when I go through trials and tribulations, it's not because he's angry at me, he's not waiting to hit my hand or, or slap me or be angry with me or, or condemn me, but he believes in me. And if the, he believes in me and he has a plan and purpose for my life, then the enemy, contrastly, has plans to destroy that purpose. But how do I go practically through this process of, of thinking and reacting, thinking and reacting, thinking and reacting? We can so often get caught up in. It brought me back to a, a message from a few years ago. Pause, ponder, pray. Pause, ponder, pray. See, there's actual science that goes behind pausing that when we are finding ourselves in these emotions, these moods, we're quick to think, quick to respond, quick to react, quick to feel, quick to get angry, quick to be frustrated, that when we are able to stop in the moment and pause and breathe, if you're like me, you might need to breathe three or four times. And you stop and you think, Lord, this situation is frustrating. This situation is not ideal. I just want to be real with you. I want your light to shine through me. I want you to do everything in me that you have planned to do in me. I don't want to be robbed of any of it, but it's hard. In our weakness, he is made strong. In our weakness, he is made strong. So we pause, we can ponder, and we can pray. And this last part is so important for the Lord's Prayer because it's a recentering. It's a pattern of readjustment for our minds, for the ways that we look, for the ways that we feel about other people. We have to bring ourselves back to this balance and say, Lord, situation is difficult but you're in control. You're always good no matter what's going on, no matter what uh, obstacle I face. Father God, you are always good. You're always good to me. You have good plans for me. You were, and if this is in front of me, you are going to bring me through it because you have good plans for me. You have good, good plans for me. I think so often we can come into church with these lofty um, ideals about the way that God looks at us and feels about us and Again, he's frustrated with us. In the desert, when Jesus was tempted, he was both fully God and he was fully man. Fully God, able to understand the grandiose purpose behind why everything was happening, but also fully man in that he wanted to fully experience everything that the devil and the enemy had to throw at him. Why? It's because of us, because of you, because of me. For we do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Yet he did not sin. If you came into the room today and you felt just a burden, maybe you haven't been in church in a long time. Maybe you've been going through something in your personal life that you feel like you can't share. And you're carrying a weight and a burden. Can I encourage you that you're not meant to carry it alone? You're not meant to carry it alone. And Jesus went through the pain and the trial and the testing of temptation so you could be here today and he could say to you, I see you. I see you because what you're going through, I've gone through. With the pain that you felt, I have felt too. I love you. I have good plans for you. We can often think about coming into church and man, my problems are too big. No one's gonna understand. No one's gonna feel what I feel. No one's gonna think what I think. I love Pastor Jeremy says, you know, we can sometimes walk into church thinking that the building is gonna burn down. It's yet to burn down. It's yet to burn down. No matter who's walked in through our doors, no matter what burdens they've carried, thought process that they've had, Jesus loves them. He loves everything about them, just as they are. The beautiful thing about God is he loves us just as we are. He meets us just where we are, but he never intends to leave us there. He never intends to leave us there because he's got plans for us. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Paul is one of my favorite people to study in the Bible because of his attitude and his mindset, no matter what circumstance he was going through, he understood that the circumstance didn't matter, but his joy was found in Christ alone. And I wanna encourage you today, if you would please just stand up with me, stand to your feet. If you walked in today and you've been feeling burdensome, if you've been feeling angry, quick to anger, quick to fall to the traps and the devices of your mind, can I encourage you today that God wants to bring heaven to earth and he wants to give you practical and real freedom, not just in heaven, but in your mind today, in your mind today. So if you walked in today, heavy hardened, heavy laden, and you need rest, this is the perfect place to be. This is the perfect place to be. His grace is sufficient for whatever you're going through whatever you're going through. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how wonderfully and intricately that we're made. I thank you for the creative design that you have, not just for the individual, for each and every one of us, that you have made us all unique in our own way. That Father God, no matter what we've been through, no matter what, we're going to go through, Father God, that you were there with us. You were there with us in the middle, in the middle of our anguish, in the middle of our fear and frustration, our doubts, our worries. But it's only a test because you believe in us.
and you believe that we can do it. Father God, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. I thank you for those that came in today, Father God, that are ready and willing to hear your word, Father God. I pray that there's somebody in this audience now that walked in feeling burdensome, walked in feeling frustrated and angry, Father God, and you want to give them freedom, and you want to give them peace, and you want to give them rest. If you walked in today with every head bound and every eye closed, and you want a real and tangible relationship with the one who creatively designed you, I encourage you. It starts with the decision that no matter where these tests come from, these whether it be from people or that God allows it or the enemy attacks us or from ourselves. It doesn't matter where the test from, comes from. It, it matters the decisions that we make. It matters our response. And I believe today you're asking for a response today. So if that's you and you're here today and you're saying, I need Jesus. I need redemption. I need healing. I've been frustrated. I've been angry. I've been dealing with doubt and fear and anxiety and worry. I'm going to tell you that God wants an intimate and personal relationship with you. He wants to get to know you. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I would love the opportunity to do so. I would love the opportunity to invite you into that relationship with him. Now, we don't pray this prayer alone. We do it as a church family here. But with every head bound and every eye closed, I would love the opportunity to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you today, and you're saying, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to accept him into my heart. I want him to change me radically from the inside out. Would you just do me a favor and raise your hand with the sound of my voice? I believe that this is going to be the best decision that you're ever going to make. And this is the best place to make it. Everybody under the sound of my voice, pray this prayer along with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for the intricacies. That the, thank you for the way that we're made, Father God. Thank you for our minds. Thank you that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. Father, I give you my life. I ask you for forgiveness. The best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God.